and welcome back to the Yes Longevity Podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Oh, it's a beautiful day out there today, although a little bit of crispy cold here in Burlington, Connecticut, and I appreciate you taking some time to listen to what I have to say today. First, I have a little bit of housekeeping to do. Number one, we have our Fit 42 program starting next Monday, so if you're interested, get a hold of us ASAP. That is a six-week fully immersible program where we help you change your life, not just lose fat, not just gain muscle, not just lose inches, but change your life. So if you've been struggling for a long time to get it done, now's the time to start. Give us a call, 860-673-4293. Stop by, give me a Facebook message, however you find best to get a hold of me, but now's the time. We're also starting on Monday our Midwinter Meltdown program. That's a program where it's 30 days, and we're just going to try to help you get some of the fat off, some of that holiday fat, something you might have been struggling with for a little while, try to trim some inches before we get to the summer, and you're all stressed out because you're not ready to fit into that bathing suit or some of those spring clothes. So that is our Midwinter Meltdown program. Again, get a hold of us. Uh, and we'll give you all the information you need to get you going in the right direction again. That's just a 30-day program. And finally, a uh, little bit of note here that we are looking for a fitness coach. So if you've ever thought about getting into the fitness industry or you've just started or maybe you've been in it for a long time and you're looking for a change, Give me a call or stop by, Facebook message me, whatever's comfortable for you. But we are looking for a fitness coach and to come a part of our team and um, have some fun. So there we have it. So today, what I'd like to talk about is uh, a conversation that I had with my mentor, Alan Cosgrove. He's uh, mentored me now for six or seven years, uh, one of the smartest business minds I know and certainly one of the smartest people in the fitness industry. And we're just talking about um, longevity and my message. And we came upon a point that the best may not always be the best for everyone. So what, what I mean about that is... Um, I had read an article in the International Business Times, and um, it was about what is the best exercise for longevity. And in that article, you know, it was stated that exercise is a staple when it comes to increasing longevity, obviously. It has been long established that exercise frequency can do wonders for our health, including boosting our life expectancy. And the National Health Services has stated that regular exercise lowers your risk for dying by up to 30%. We know that. So, and there's been many studies that have proven that those who exercise regularly are at a lower risk for do- developing a host of chronic ailments as Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, things like that. And, uh, you know, researchers have shown for a long time now that performing physical activities can improve your mood, your energy self-esteem, sleep quality, and things like that. But what exercise is really the best for life expectancy, for improving your life expectancy? So 
they cited a study that has been published in the International Journal of Aquatic Education and Research. Aquatic education, that's going to give you a little bit of a clue of what we're going to talk about here. So researchers took a look at three forms of exercise, swimming, walking, and running. And they took a look at 40,000 men between the ages of 20 and 40 years old, and they monitored their activity for 32 years. And at the end of the study, the researchers found that swimming, that swimmers are 50% have a 50% lower risk of dying young compared to walkers and runners. It's big, 50%. And the research established that while swimming is extremely aerobic, it doesn't cause as much strain on the lower joints compared to running or walking, right? You don't have that same impact that you get, even a little bit of impact of walking, but certainly in running. So they thought that this is why swimming provides your health with more benefits than the other two types of exercise. And researchers also found that regular swimming enjoyed, swimmers enjoyed a higher cardiorespiratory fitness compared to walkers and people who led a sedentary life. Well, that just makes sense, right? They also concluded that swimming provides you with a healthful alternative as compared to traditional exercise modes for improving your cardiovascular fitness. It's also the best way to maintain overall health and provide the most benefits for patients who have chronic ailments. So swimming is a great alternative exercise for those who are unable to engage in physical activities like running, maybe even walking, or even any other forms of physical endeavor. And you know, it's been shown before that swimming is the best for arthritic patients because it essentially is not weight-bearing. But is swimming really the best exercise for longevity? What if you don't have access to a pool? What if you can't afford the health club that has a pool? What if you just can't swim at all? What do you do? What do you to do? Not exercise? So swimming isn't the best exercise. What if you hate swimming? I know I was on a swim team way back in the 70s. Um, and it was probably one of the most boring activities I had ever done in my life. Just swimming laps back and forth, back and forth, and doing different drills, holding a float, and just kicking my feet in different type of patterns, and then not using my feet and just using my arms. It was very, it was extremely boring. So am I going to choose swimming to be the exercise that I do for longevity? No. I prefer interval training. I prefer running. So when you see something like this which says that swimming is the best, take it with a grain of salt. You need to find what exercise you enjoy doing and that you're going to be able to do for a long time, something you're going to be able to maintain, something you're going to be able to put into your lifestyle. That's what you need to think about, not necessarily about swimming. That's the only way to do it, so I need to not do anything else. So the same thing comes true with um, with intermittent fasting. So I read a, another article um, that was published in the Union Journal of Medicine, and it was titled, The Effects of Intermittent Fasting and Health, Aging, and Disease. So in this study, they proposed that eating during six to eight hour windows and fasting, remember, 16 to 18 hours of the day increased longevity and helped support weight loss. 
<clears throat> so researchers found, researchers found that uh, eating in a six-hour period and in abstaining from food for the remainder of the day can cat catalyze a metabolic switch from the body making cells. Cells will switch from using glucose as a base energy to a ketone-based ketone energy as in a ketosis diet or a keto diet. In this way, in this process, the cells convert fat to energy, okay, rather than carbohydrate to energy. And there's some other benefits to this diet. It proposed an increased stress resistance, which we talked about uh, last week, in longevity, kicking on a sirtuin pathway, a pathway that helps our defense modes in our body. And it'll also help dec decrease the risk for cancer and obesity and uh, AIDS and weight loss effects and maybe even give you more overall energy. But who's to say that you can fast for 16 or 18 hours? I mean, most of us fast for about 12 hours a day anyway because you eat dinner and then you don't eat again until breakfast. That might be a 12-hour span. Uh, I personally am trying a fasting regimen of not eating breakfast or my morning snack on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's going to sit somewhere in between that 16 to 18 hour span. And then I'm going to eat what I would normally eat from 12 to um, 8 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock when I have dinner. That's what's going to work for me. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody. It might not work for you. Some people find that they can fast all day long. One full day of fasting. I don't see myself doing that. So that might not be the best fasting protocol for me. If it's in fat loss, okay? So fat loss is another thing you have to take a look at. Or, you know, what is the best diet? Well, if you really take a look at all the diets, whether it's uh, Atkins, a keto diet, uh, low fat, high fat, um, low carb, whatever it might be, it's all the same type of thing, and it's calorie restricting. So if I told you that, you know, the best way to lose fat would be to eat five small, six small meals during the day that you need to eat breakfast, but you hate breakfast, right? You hate breakfast. So you might start to eat breakfast a little bit, but over time, you're going to be able to maintain that habit. No, you're not going to be able to maintain that habit. So we're not going to have you eat breakfast. So the same thing might be true if you're, if you like intermittent fasting, maybe you love breakfast and you love eating breakfast. Personally, I love breakfast. So I'm going to tell you to fast now and not have breakfast. That's probably not a habit that you're going to be able to maintain for a long time. So find a habit that works for you within your lifestyle. So if you're looking at fasting, maybe have breakfast, but then you don't eat again all day long until dinner time. Maybe that's when your fasting period is. Or if you're doing fat loss, maybe you eat breakfast and you have small snack, snacks during the day. But in turn, maybe you don't like breakfast. And I know a lot of people don't like breakfast. That doesn't mean you can't lose fat. That doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. So you always need to find habits that you can maintain, that you can perform over the long haul, make you know lifestyle changes that you can maintain because to follow some protocol that you are not comfortable with, whether it's in fat loss, whether it's in longevity, whether it's in intermittent fasting or exercise isn't the best thing to do. You know, when I take a look at the, the five blue zones and their nutrition habits, right? There, I don't try to look at the things that they do differently. I try to look at the things that they do the same. Now they all eat 
a ton of vegetables. They're always eating a lot of vegetables, eat a lot of fruit. They're low in the calories, a little bit of caloric restriction, which is not to help with longevity. And they eat, they eat some meat, whether it's fish, whether it's poultry, whether it's um, beef, but they eat it in small quantities. So those are the things that, that are in each lifestyle that works for them, and it's worked for a long time for them. If I told you that you need to eat salmon every day to live longer, and you don't like salmon, then you're just you're not going to do it. You might, you know, swallow it a few times, but it's not going to be something you can maintain for a long time. So let's look for habits, the best habits that we know that we can maintain over the long period of time, and that's how you're going to be most successful. That's what that's what will get you to where you want to go and create habits, small changes at a time that you can maintain for, maintain for a long period of time. So that's what I have for you today, um, and I'll be back again next week. I have a special guest next week. We haven't had a guest on in a while because of the holidays and things got busy, but we have a guest for you next week that has uh, made some changes, and she's been successful, and she'd like to share those changes with you. So look for us next week at the same time, 3.30 on Tuesday, where we give you once more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching, and have a great night.